I might just take uh, this time to say hi. Um, some ladies might remember me from about seven years ago. Was it that when I came to speak at a woman's weekend? But anyway, I probably won't remember your faces, but we'll see. Um, don't be offended if I wear this later on when I'm talking to you up close. We have to try and stay COVID-free for a week. <laughs> um, you may have heard in, in your um, communications through the church, but Paul and I leave next Sunday night to the UK for three months. <laughs> we said to when we're moving to Upper Hutt via London, um, we have a daughter that really needs our help there for a while. Paul's definitely back in August, and I will see how the situation is, and I shall hopefully be back in August too. Um, but um, hey, really felt welcome, welcomed a few weeks ago when I came up to meet the elders. Um, Paul had already been up, and um, we, we said to each other, we think this is the best welcome we've ever had. We've been in ministry for 40 years now. Um, we did have about three years out somewhere in that 40 years, but we have ministered now in five different um, denominations. Uh, our longest was in the CC and Jed's church in, in Nelson for 20 years, and our son took over from us. Um, so, been married for 40 years. We have four children and coming up eight grandbabies. Uh, you'll hear more about Paul's heart, but my, what I do, and what I really have a real heart for, uh, is um, helping people with emotional resilience and a spiritual uh, walk as well. It, it's a combined thing. And um, so I do some counselling, I do some coaching, and I'm now a fully qualified supervisor too, just putting it out there. <laughs> when I get back, I'll be trying to build that up. But um, there's... What does that mean? Yes, yes. I, I supervise people who work in the people care industries, social workers, ministers, nurses, teachers, it's whoever, and whatever businesses, social workers, did I say that already, um, youth pastors, etc. So just to help them with emotional resilience and a place to download, and a, but also a sense of um, learning from what we're doing as well. Um, that's what I do. Uh, but just three things that encapsulate me in everything I do. This is working with my grandkids, um, working with people one-on-ones when I speak, whatever it is that I just think when you find yourself in Christ and find your purpose, so I have three Ps, purpose. I, I want to help people find purpose. And I work with piles and piles of people who don't know Jesus, but we still work on trying to find their purpose. Uh, peace. You cannot do life without peace. Don't we all know that? <laughs> so some sort of internal anchor. And the last thing is prosperity, but not in the way you might automatically go to. I don't mean money. I mean prosper in everything you do, your parenting, your work, even your exercise, if that's what you're into, whatever, just um, a sense of, I feel like those three together, um, I mean, there's piles more you could add, but those three together give you a pretty secure position as being a human on earth. And um, yeah, um, we're going to miss our grandkids, but apparently it's only just uh, 25 minutes over the ditch. So you might see our family come and go a fair bit too, so that'll be good. Yeah, that's me. Thank you, Gracie. Yeah, so I'm Paul, and you probably guessed all that. Uh, you want to flick that oh, timer up there? Look, you're going to count me up. Uh, yeah, 
what to say. Well, it's great to be here. It really is. Uh, and you know how to hold things in your life. If you get, you get, maybe when I was younger I didn't know this, but I do now. You can hold more than one thing in you at the same time. You can be sad you're not there and glad you're here. And, and so, yeah, we have sadness. Uh, um, a little two, three-year-old stayed the night with us in the caravan night before last. Uh, but, but we're glad we're here. And I said to uh, Justin and... Justin's moved. He was sitting... Oh, there is one seat back. And his wife, we're, we're just talking before. Our experience so far, meeting with your elders to get here, has been enjoyable. It has been good. Uh, we've loved every minute of the engagement with you guys. And uh, it's almost been a surprise. You know, most of my life I've been uh, going into hard places and dealing with the hard things. Uh, I'm saying, oh, that's, that's a sign that God's in it. could be. But we went to one church once and everything in it said, we don't want to be there. Uh, but when you know God calls you, you go anyway. And so it's a very different experience. So it's been easy. It's been easy. So thank you. And, and thank you for supporting us and our desire to spend this time with our daughter. Some, some of you may have heard the story, but, you know, I'm, when I, or part of the story, I'll give a quick thing, because it's, to me, it, God's in it. We were, we knew there's some things, you know, they've had a hard, hard yards um, with COVID, our son-in-law lost his job in 2020. The first week COVID hit London, his employer just let him go, boom. Four months before they got work again. Uh, no government help in that time. You know, you just, they've, they've had a hard ride, but some signs of stress were showing that were quite concerning. And, and you just, I remember the time, I thought, we just want to be there. And uh, I slipped an email to my brother who lives in Scotland about just randomly, We've been offered a house, no rent in Portsmouth. We got this offer from an email from a guy we don't know. who emailed me yesterday, so he's been down to the house, set it up, it's all ready for us to come and move in. Don't know him. He leads a group of churches over there. My brother knows him. Just incredible grace. And uh, so that, that's been amazing. And um, yeah, some other parts of that story as well, and just sharing it with you elders and saying, we just you know, want to support that and enable us to just start remotely and... Um, part-time and so so thank you thank you thank you for that graciousness it, it's deeply it, it means a lot yeah I'm, I'm going to read some scripture we're going to read some scripture and get into it because I'm not good at chatter uh, I'm not good at chatter and uh, let's just go and see what God says you know God is up to stuff everywhere you look around the world today and there's a rumbling going on there's a shaking going on there's, there's the only if you're feeling shaken that's a good thing but you've got to know which part of you isn't shaken. So if you're a believer today, you've got to know how to be in shaken and not being shaken. You've got to know how to go through things that are distinctly uncomfortable, but still know the comforter. And, and we've got to grow up past living our Christian life in reaction and response to the world around us and living it out of that one we know in our heart. I don't know, I could just get on and on, but uh, we, we, I've been turned upside down and inside out in the last few years by God. Uh, and part of it, part of it has been recapturing some things I had. Not ideas, but the knowing I had. In 1978, 
I know some of you weren't born in 1978. Some of your parents probably weren't born in 1978 for some of the younger ones. Uh, when for the first time in my life, I prayed a prayer directly to God of surrender. And had an experience, not of sensationalism, but of deep, profound change. And just knew. Just knew God. Jesus. The sense of that moment is still with me. The purity, the freedom, the joy, the just sense of wonder of that moment is still with me. And it's been recovering that. And I, I, I did some pretty big decisions almost immediately and uh, like left my job and went to Bible college and, and not a Bible college where you got any student allowance or any pay. You paid to go. It was all private. There was no government stuff in it. So, you know, I had to work part-time. These students are soft these days. Full-time student working 30 hours a week to get through. Um, oh, these students when I was teaching, of course, told me they couldn't get their assignments in on time. I thought, like, what do you think? You're supposed to have a life and be a student? But anyway, it's, 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 why did you do that? Because all you want to do is obey what's, hit, what's caught your life. You just want to stay with it. You're not trying to prove anything. You're not trying to achieve anything. You're just saying, I feel God wants me to do this, so I want to do it. Anyway, I'm not going to. Let's read this scripture because I just want to talk from John 7. If you've got a Bible on a phone, it's probably where it's going to be. You're going to open it up. We're going to read all the way through from verse 28 to 44. We may do it twice. Is that okay? Um, and uh, I think many of you will know what I mean when I say this. As we read Scripture, we want to listen in our spirit for what the Spirit is saying. Every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we read scripture to hear the Holy Spirit. As I said, I was talking to anyway, the interns. One of the things you want to read lots of scripture and get to know it well is you want to give the Holy Spirit lots of things to work with to bring transformation into your life. You're not reading it to understand it. Understanding comes... And it's good. You're not reading it to pass a test on it. You're simply reading it to hear what the Spirit is saying. And he can speak from the same scripture to every one of our hearts in a way that is unique and it's still consistent to the scripture. And so, so as we read... Listen for what the Spirit is saying to you. If you have a means of taking notes, it is more important you take a note from my perspective of what you believe in the Spirit say to you than what I say. And, and I don't, I think I heard a young man on this pulpit say, I, I want to, don't want to be the stage, sage on the stage, but the guide on the side. Does that sound right? Yeah, I relate to that. But I will come across strong and from the stage. It's just part of who I am. But, you know, you've heard me now. So let's read. Oh, it's off the back too. Great. Yeah. 
You can follow, I'll read. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I oh, it's jumped. Yep, I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I'll be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. Another flick it up. There we go. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You will seek me and you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said, that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was. So there was division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Let's go back to the top of that if we can. Take a moment to get there. And uh, we'll read it again because we're listening for what the Spirit says from his word. I know you, you, this is basics, but it's pretty obvious to me from my uh, Facebook feed of what's going on in the church across New Zealand that there's a whole lot of believers who seem to have all sorts of positions that reflect they should have maturity, who aren't listening to what the Spirit says through Scripture. Because they seem to be able to treat it lightly. Anyway, it may not be you guys, but we need to build this deeply into our psyches, don't we? I need this. 
I need this. Really do. This scripture tells me to. Let's go back to the top and read again. Are we back there? Yeah. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple. So he's in the midst of the system of religion that dominated Israel at that time. You know me and you know where I come from. Take note of that thought if you, you know, and just see we get down later. He actually says, you don't know me and you don't know where I'm going. So when you see things like that in the scripture, you know to ask yourself, okay, what's he saying something here? God doesn't always make it clear. He, he, leads, he wants us to journey with it a little bit. You know me and where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. So, so for me right now, I want to emphasize that line just before we go on. I have not come of my own accord. So we see Jesus saying, I don't live on earth to suit myself. I'm not trying to live my best life. I'm not trying to pursue my passions and, and fulfill what I'm passionate about, except as it's about the Father's will and other people. And there's some lies in the Christian world today. that just don't fit the scriptural account. There's nothing in the scripture that says the goal of being a Christian is to live my best life in this world as it suits me or as I feel it is or according to my passions. It actually says things like, unless a man will be crucified to, to this world, they can't please God. I just put two verses together then, if you know what I mean. I just, you know, botched it. Uh, but the sense is the same. Yeah. So, so what Jesus is saying, and what we want to grasp is, I live my life not of my accord. I've come into a relationship with the God who created the heavens and the earth. And as I said before, like the first decisions I started making were, oh, not what I want, but actually what does the Father want? That's it. I'm in. Why? Because I'd found something in that relationship I didn't want to lose. And we see in Jesus saying, I've got something with the Father and I don't want to lose it. And so I don't live my life of my own accord. And this is consistent through the story of Scripture. But then he says, but I'm here because I was sent. I'm here because I was sent. And I, I understand that coming here. I didn't come here of my own accord. I wasn't thinking, oh, I really, 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 really um, just love the idea of living in Upper Heart. It's like, Upper Heart? Sorry, guys. Well, you know what's amazing? This, this, this is amazing to me. You might not get this. We were up here, was it probably a month ago, and the first time Grace came with me, and we met with the uh, elders, and, and we had to do, you know, employment contracts. So I've sorted out all the detail. And then we, we're just driving around Upper Heart, and it's raining nonstop off and on, and so we just spent maybe half a day just driving around, and Grace kept saying, it's nice, look at this, I like it. <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, this is amazing. <laughs> Training, as soon as it rains, Grace doesn't want to be there normally. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so God was doing something, I thought he was doing something in Grace then, so. but it's not our accord. 
What we've found, we obey God and God takes care of the enjoyment. It always turns out to be good. I like that one. Yeah, his goodness is running after us. Some of us need to slow down a little bit and then we might find more goodness catching up. Stop chasing after what we want and God's goodness catches up. Maybe not, yeah. So we go on. We're sent. We're sent. Jesus said in John 17, 18, as I was sent, I send you. So until we're sent, we don't go. And, and as, a, as, a, as a believer or as a Christian, what we've first learned to do is sit. And until we've learned to sit, God can't, Jesus can't send us. And this, you know the Mary and Martha story in Luke chapter 10 and verses 38 to 42. And in verse 42, it says, Mary has chosen the one thing that matters. You'll hear me talk about that a lot. The one thing that matters, what? Sitting and listening to Jesus. Sitting in fellowship with Jesus. Sitting at rest with her attention on Jesus. Enjoying his presence and his words. Sitting. And once we've learned to sit, Jesus can send us, but, but in the sending, we still sit. You know, it's like, how does this work? Well, it just does. It doesn't work in your head, but it works in your heart. You know, you can sit with Jesus and be sent on mission. And, and he's not out to try to get us to run as hard as we can to save as many people as we can. No, Jesus knew when to say enough. He was sent, and he had a job to do. And he got to the end of his job, and he said, Father, I'm finished. It's done. He went, I got one, I got two, I got three, I got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and at the end one of them's going to bomb it, but I've, I've done what you gave me to do. That's enough. I'm not here to reach 13 people. I'm not here to make 13 disciples. I'm here to call 12 people to discipleship and to leave 11 of them ready to go on. Enough. See, when you're sitting and you're sent, you're just doing what you do with the Father. Isn't it a mystery, eh? It wasn't like, I've got to get every person in this city right now to be my disciple. We just don't think like that. Not in the background I've come from. You know, we think the most important thing is get everybody saved today. Well, yes it is. But the way to it is often a completely different story. Take a deep breath, just relax. Oh, that just means it could be possible. Because I might not have to do everything. I might just have to do something. And, and so, so we're sent after we learn to sit. Sit, sent, sit, sent. Take a deep breath. Let's read on. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. So you've got disrupt the system on, on your website. And, and of course, this is disrupting the system. Disrupting this, he's just creating confusion, creating chaos. He's messing things up, not because he's trying to mess things up. He's doing it just by being who he is. We don't want to be those Christians who are thinking, "Oh, how can I get in there and mess the system up?" No, we'll just mess things up because we're being who God's called us to be, and we respond different. We, yeah, it's different anyway. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. That's called just living by 
faith in our Father that, that, that I can go through things and survive. I've been led into deserts and survive. We said before, we led to a church where we thought there was nothing in this church that attracts us. There was nothing there. We had a list of things we were looking for and we are praying for our next move you know, about 30 years ago when we were young and foolish, but um, it was, you know, already been in ministry nearly 20 years leading churches by that time. So cause I, I started really young. I was 23 when I started pastoring um, as the pastor of the church and probably like had my 23rd birthday the week before. And, and we weren't married at that time either, so I was still single. Uh, so the movement I was in was sort of a crazy seeing any young guy like that uh, up to do that. I don't know, we survived. Ch- church survived. Um, you know, so I only got way off track there. Yeah. But, you know, I got way off track. You know, I lost something. Anyway, here we go. They were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand because his hour had not yet. We've got to trust the Father with our time. Yeah, we've got to trust him with the problems. We've got to trust him with the deserts. You know, to say, yeah, we end up in Nelson. That like, We didn't go there thinking, how do we fix this? We go to church and say, okay, God, you've given us a picture because we did have a word of what we believe God wanted to do. How do we do it? We were four years before we started seeing a movement in that direction. I had people come to say to me, we had some people come into the church in that time and we actually baptised a couple in the church and who are still leaders in that church and, and friends of ours and Nelson and, and they, they would say, why don't we just go down the road and start you know, something else? It would be so much easier. Yes, it would. But that's not what the sending was to do. And he doesn't always send us to where it's easy. Because not only will you disrupt the system, often when God starts speaking, part of the system he disrupts is me. And let's read on. Let's read on. Yeah, otherwise we'll take too long. Yeah, many of the people believed in him. So there's conflict. Some are for it, some are against it. They say when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this minister? So there's, there's a tension in the crowd. The Pharisees heard, heard the crowd muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Keep reading. And Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I come, where I am, you cannot come. Read on. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not Find him. Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and to teach the Greeks? Read on. What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me where I am, you cannot come? What does he mean? What's he saying to you today when he says, when you seek me, you will not find me where I am, you cannot come? Have you realized that? that you can't find Jesus? And where he is, you cannot go? Do you know that? Remember what he said to Peter and the disciples in John 6? Down around verse 60, actually in verse 63. But there's a little account and Jesus was saying some things that was confusing people. You'll seek me and you will not find me because you'll, you'll get confused. You see that in this story? 
And when you get confused, you'll have, you'll, you'll have different opinions. And then some of you will go here and some of you will go there and you won't find me. He says, the people, they don't understand. And they're grumbling because they don't understand. And Jesus says, well, do you understand? <laughs> they're leaving because they don't understand. Are you leaving? He didn't try and explain himself. And then he said, depending on what version of the Bible you read, it's something like this. The flesh is useless. The flesh is good for nothing. When it comes to the things of God, the things of the Spirit, the things of truth. I'm somebody that, that, oh, I'll say it in a moment. He says, your flesh, you, when I say flesh, what I mean is everything I am as Paul Burton, born from mum and dad Burton. That person. The person I am as born from mum and dad Burton, Phil and Beryl, and they produce Paul, and there I am. That's me in my flesh. Has a soul, has some body, has all sorts of experiences that have given me all sorts of feelings and thoughts. Useless before God. Jesus said, you can't seek me, and you can't know me. He said in John 6, 6, 3, but the words I speak, they're the spirit of life, they're the breath of life to you. What about, what about Matthew 19, 26? After the story of the rich young man. And the disciples come and say, and he talks about, you know, unless a man go through the eye of the needle, and there's all sorts of stories about that. We're not going into depth here. No, he can't be saved. And the disciples go, who then can be saved? It's like, oh, it sounds impossible. And he says, yep, that's right. It's impossible for man. You can't seek me. You can't know me. It's impossible for man. But what is impossible for man is possible with God. See, Jesus is telling them something here. You know where I came from, he said. Well, they didn't know where he came from because later on they said, Can, he comes from Galilee, but we thought the prophet was, you know, the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem. Well, he did come from Bethlehem, but they just didn't know it. So what are you getting upset about that someone else is thinking, but you don't even know the full story? Oh, we do this all the time in church, don't we? No wonder we don't find Jesus. We're too busy in our own heads. Anyway, um, you'll seek me and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. And what we realize is there is no escaping things like repentance. Repentance means I can't, so I might as well give up trying, and see what God can do. See, I'm not a believer because I found Jesus. I'm a believer because I responded to his coming to me. I'm not, I'm not, not about following Jesus because I can follow Jesus. I'm only here because the Holy Spirit keeps helping me along. Every iota of my Christian faith and expression in life is from him. It's his mercy and his grace. And all I'm doing is responding to it. I'm not adding any value 
for my salvation. But I'm receiving always of his work on my and our behalf. I don't think my flesh can even know truth. Not true truth. We have a lot of work talking people talking about what's the truth about this and what's the truth about that. Do they know what they're saying? Really what they're talking about is what are the facts as we see them now about this and what are some facts as we see them now about that? Because that's really where your scientific method moves, right? And so it's fine. I'm, I'm not against any of that. You know, science is great. It's just not God. You know, it's a different story. Um, but what it does, it, it looks at things, it observes it, and it lists the understanding we have now from what we can see. That's fine, as long as we know what we're doing. That's not telling us truth. Truth is always more than me. Truth never changes. If it's truth, it's true. And so, so we all don't know. I, don't, I can't even know truth. Because Jesus is the truth. And I can't seek truth and find truth without him. Because he goes on and he says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, you can seek me and you won't find me. Where I am, you cannot come. But if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Read on. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, what the Spirit is saying to me here is, Jesus is saying, you can't seek me, you can't find me, but I'm going to go and I'm going to do what you can't do so you can come into it. So you can receive of it. So it can become part of your life. So even though you can't seek me and you find me, you'll actually seek, find me, and yeah, you get the picture. He's going to do what we can't do so we can receive of him. So our Christian life is one of living in a relationship of giving and receiving. And I know some talk of the, the kingdom here. You know, kingdom culture, one of the key components of the kingdom of God is it works through giving and receiving. Not contractual, transactional things. Giving and receiving. Freely giving, freely receiving. Fully offering up something, fully receiving something. And not always, you know, in the world it's clear, I do this for you, you do that for me. But Jesus said, that's not the way of my kingdom. You might do something for someone you never see again. But in God's economy... It's still part of the giving and receiving of the kingdom. Anyway, that's a sideline, eh? But it's here. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Read on. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. That's what I've been talking about. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So all right, just, just leave in a moment. We're going to finish here. Uh, about time. Yeah. It's up there, 31 minutes and 38 seconds. It's really good to have that power to know exactly how much time I've taken. Uh, I like that. What are we receiving today? 
And we just finish here. Because we've got this, like, you, you, can seek, you can't seek me, but I can invite you. You can't find me, but I can find you. And the invitation, he says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures say, according to scripture, shall receive. Shall receive the Holy Spirit. As scriptures said. And some of you would know that he's talking about things said in Isaiah 44.3 is one place. It's a direct connection to that verse. You'd also relate to a little bit Isaiah 55, probably around about verse 3 as well, when he talks about come unto me. And also Isaiah 59 verses 20 and 21 when he is giving a clear prophetic, well, when Isaiah clearly gives a prophetic picture that Peter quotes those verses on the day of Pentecost saying, this is what's happened. And, and so as the scripture has said, and that's what we're about. If you're going to find, that's what I'm about. How do we know Jesus? According to scripture, by the Holy Spirit. How do I live that in every aspect of my life so that what I know is who I am and is showing up in how I live life? Not, not me trying to do something, I've got to do this right, otherwise, you know, this is what a Christian's supposed to know. What I know is who I am, so it just starts showing up in every practice of my life. God's not calling us to be puppets, and you know that, you know. He just wants us to come close. So we can so he can pour into us what he has for us. He just wants us to pause and listen. And then really just to say, I'm in God. Uh, unfortunately, uh, for some, you may have to leave some things behind. You can't take yourself with you. Because your old flesh, well, it's too hard for you. It's just too hard. It's just too hard to be a Christian. Anyone? Anyone else really realize that? It's impossible. But Jesus said, come and you receive it. That's a different story. What's too hard for me, I can receive from him. What's impossible for me, I can receive from him. And and the Holy Spirit is the way he makes it real in me. We'll read on and then we'll finish because I'm going to get to the end of the verses and then it's just about done. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, is Christ to come from Galilee? Has not scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? We already mentioned that. Keep going. So there was division among the people over him. Isn't it a challenge to not be divided over Jesus? And I think many of us have been around church long enough to have seen division happen over Jesus. And you'll find, if you've been part of that or been tempted by that or somehow been swayed by that or just confused by that, because there's relationships involved and that's, that's tough stuff. Somewhere in the midst of that, someone thinks they know the way. They think they can know Jesus. They think they've got it sorted. 
They think he's from Galilee, but no, he's actually from Bethlehem, but they just don't know it. But when you know, actually I don't know, and I can never get it right, and I'm always going to be a bit wrong, so if you point out tomorrow that I was wrong, it's, oh, well, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, and I've just told you I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. I'm under the discipline of God. I can go back over the last few years and show you a number of places where he's corrected my theology. Here's, here's one. I'm up in Whongaroa Dargaval serving in this little church there back at the end of 2019. I kept saying, God, why am I here? And, and, uh, and I'm saying this to God one morning. I spent quite a bit of time with a journal and, and scripture and, and, and that God in the mornings and, and this, doing this sort of thing. And he says, so what do you need to know? No, he didn't say that. He said, do, do you know that I lead you here? I said, yes. So why isn't that enough? And I know, know, know enough to know I've just, just been told off. But also at a deeper level, there's a theological, deep theological correction going on. Paul, you don't live on what you know. You live with who you know. You live with who you know. There's always going to be what's that you don't know. And sometimes God will purposely not clarify all the what's and we'll have different pictures and, you know, and, and we'll tend to want to fight over and say, really, no, no, do we know the same person? You've got to live by who we know. Who we know. Amen. Amen. So then we're going to finish. To those who believed in Jesus, according to Scripture, receive the Holy Spirit. Right now, just as I finish, just, feel, just feel, let yourself receive the Holy Spirit. Wherever you're feeling that it's been too hard, just think, actually, receive the Holy Spirit. Just let yourself be free from needing to produce something, perform something, get something right. Know the what. You're free from having to know the what. And just like, well, I just need the Holy Spirit now to do in me what I can't do. Actually, I was never meant to be able to do it. Jesus didn't come because we could do it. He came in the flesh because our flesh couldn't do it. And the moment you think you can do it in the flesh, you're negating the very incarnation of Jesus and, and counting it as less than what it is. So you can't. Just give up trying. <sighs> but then receive what Jesus has done in the Holy Spirit. And you won't all receive the same sense of something, but you receive what you need for hope to be fresh in you, for strength to be in your inner person. And even if you're not too sure what it means in the next step, because as he said to Abraham, I'm going to lead you to the land that you don't know where you're going. He doesn't explain it all, but you know it's okay because you know who. Who is with you right now. So Father God, I pray for each one of us for that freshness of just receiving in the, by the Holy Spirit the work of Jesus in our lives today that we need that you know we need, that you know it's the time for us to receive, that we can just feel that strengthening in our inner person, that hope coming alive, that just, oh, 
be. It is well. It's a good thing to be one with Jesus. Amen.